You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. Evening everyone. Uh, We're busy preparing for tonight's service, but just before it begins, I wanted to have a very brief word with you. Every week we're trying to bring a service that is recognisable by our regular community, but also to make a service that is as prayerful and as spiritually as uplifting to people we've perhaps not met before or have never been to church for a long time. We hope that you feel truly part of Northernite community. I'm very proud to be part of the Metropolitan Community Church. For over 50 years, the church has been a home for people who don't feel they belong, perhaps in mainstream Christian churches, or they feel rejected by society generally. I believe that Jesus would be here, reaching out to welcome people and to feel, to make sure that they feel that they are loved by God. The work that we do often goes on behind the scenes quietly and that is paid by the donations that people give during the service at the offertory. Obviously because we can't meet we're not able to do that so what we've arranged to do from this week onwards is set up a link to our PayPal account. So not during the service it's either before or afterwards we are asking people if you are in a position to make your regular donation or you would like to make a donation for the first time, please follow the link. It means that we can help even more people uh, than we've normally done in the past at this very, very difficult time. Thank you. Enjoy the service. God bless. Good evening. A welcome to Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. If you're part of our regular attending family, it's lovely to see you. To gather so we can praise God and celebrate the meal that Jesus gave us. If you're new and joining us for the first time, you are very, very welcome. We are an international Christian community founded on Christ's teachings and we celebrate the inclusive love of God for all people. I'm going to light our Easter candle and invite you to do the same at home. We will then together proclaim the Easter message. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let us pray. God of all love and tenderness, we no longer look for Jesus among the dead, for he is alive and has become the Lord of life. From the waters of death, you raise us with him and renew your gift of life within us. Increase in our minds and hearts the risen life we share with Christ, 
and help us grow as your people towards the fullness of eternal life with you. We ask this through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Last week we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus, God's only Son, who was and is forever the fulfilment of the law and the prophets. He has conquered sin and death. In our first reading, given to us by Troy, we hear how the first followers of Jesus grow as a church, gathering to hear the scriptures, to celebrate the Lord's Supper, and to live the Easter message in their daily lives. A reading for the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the Apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Our Gospel, which will be read by Emma, gives us the opposite side of the coin from last week's Gospel. Jesus' followers saw the empty tomb and they believed. Tonight we hear how Thomas refuses to believe unless he can see, hear, and touch Jesus. After the Gospel, Morgan will help us to reflect on what it means for us to be witnesses to Christ. Our Gospel reading tonight comes from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and he said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was also called Twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, 
we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your hand here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. I pray that my reflections on today's readings from St John's Gospel are acceptable to you, Lord. And we all pray for inspiration from thinking about your words and your actions as recorded in your gospel. Amen. Greetings to everyone from our home near the border between Middlesbrough and North Yorkshire. It's now quite a few years since I first made the journey to Newcastle to attend a Sunday service of worship organised by the Metropolitan Community Church. Just like the arrangement, which was our standard practice until a few weeks ago, Sunday services then took place on the premises of St. James United Reformed Church. But unlike our recent standard practice, on this occasion, I did not arrive at the impressive main entrance to the church to be greeted warmly by the welcome team. Instead, I have been told to go round the back and look for a yellow door. I did find a yellow door, which, in accordance with my instructions, was locked. Hoping that it was the correct locked yellow door, I proceeded to the next stage of my instructions. Knock three times and wait. I knocked and I waited. Then I heard footsteps. The door opened slightly and a head appeared, which was the cue for my code words. So I dutifully said the three code words I had memorised. John invited me. Once I uttered these magic words, I was ushered along a corridor up a flight of steps until I arrived in a small upper room 
where there were maybe 15 people. Only 15 people. But the most amazing range of people it was possible to imagine. There was an elderly gentleman in a suit. A teenager in short shorts and a short t-shirt. A middle-aged woman who took me under her wing. A young guy with the biggest earrings I had ever seen who led the singing along with a vivacious young woman. Another guy with a very interesting hairstyle who seemed to talk non-stop. And someone who stayed in a corner and didn't talk to anyone. And there was the mysterious John who had answered my telephone inquiry earlier in the week and who led the service. And he was, in fact, not really very mysterious at all. Then there was me, completely and utterly moved by the experience. I found a motley group of people united by only one thing, the belief that God's love was for everyone. And when we said to each other, peace be with you, I found it incredibly meaningful. I don't think many of us had a lot of confidence, and I certainly didn't. It felt to me like a secret society behind locked doors, in an upper room, trying to work out how to move forward as a collection of individuals, with little in common except an openness to guidance from Jesus Christ about what to do. As the years passed, we grew in numbers and in confidence. We debated whether we should stay in the upper room, which had particular spiritual significance for some of us, but we felt called to move our worship to the church hall. In the church hall, we continued to develop our mission, and as we continued to say to each other, peace be with you, more and more individuals felt a spiritual home in our church. In time, once again, we felt called to relocate. Again, we debated the advantages and the disadvantages, but we took another leap of faith and started to hold services in the beautiful sanctuary of St. James's Church. We continued to pass on Christ's message of love and peace. And we continue to grow in Christian faith and in Christian practice. Now we have once again been challenged to relocate. This time we have physically relocated to our own homes and the challenge is at least as great, probably greater, than any of the changes which we made over the years. On this occasion, Unlike all the previous occasions, when we changed the location of our worship, we had almost no time to debate the pros and cons of reorganising ourselves. Overnight, we reformed, at least for the time being, as an electronic Christian family. But we continue to say to each other, through various electronic devices, peace be with you. 
it's certainly not been easy to sort out all the logistics and all the technical details necessary to enable us to continue to worship together. And we are hugely indebted to those whose dedication and expertise makes this possible, working behind the scenes. In the foreground, some of you seem to talk with ease in front of the camera, almost as if you regularly host a chat show on TV. But others of us find this really difficult. All of us do our best. And of one thing, we are all certain, just as God has blessed the Metropolitan Community Church at every stage in our development, he will bless us as we evolve during this difficult period. We know this to be true because of what we have read in today's Gospel reading. The disciples had just faced not only a relocation, but a complete reorganisation. Their leader and friend had been executed, and it was perfectly reasonable to think that the Jewish authorities would be coming for them next. So they huddled together behind locked doors. We are not explicitly told any more details about the room where they met, or indeed how many people were in the room. In my mind, it's always been a room tucked away at the back of a building. And also, it's always been, in my mind, a room upstairs what I think of as an upper room, to use the term used on other occasions in the Bible. Anyway, imagine between 10 and 20 people in this room upstairs with the curtains drawn, speaking quietly in the hope that they will escape attention from anyone who might report them to the Jewish leadership. To add to their troubles, the body of Jesus had disappeared and as if this wasn't bad enough, some of their group seemed to think that Jesus had reappeared alive. And if this was possible and true, Jesus might even come looking for them. Quite an uncomfortable prospect for the same so-called faithful companions of Jesus, who had cleared off from the moment everything turned very threatening in the Garden of Gethsemane. So they had yet another reason to feel frightened. And as we know, Jesus did arrive. But he did not point out that they had failed to support him when he asked them to pray with him. He did not talk about them denying that they knew him. He did not ask why they struggled to believe those who had seen him alive earlier in the day. Quite the opposite. He just said, peace be with you. They must have been totally stunned. I imagine complete silence with all the classic features of jaws dropping and eyes popping as they tried to make sense of the situation. And to add to the drama, we're told that Jesus then showed them the marks of the nails in his hands and the mark of the sword on his side. And then finally, something must have clicked. The jaws must have reformed, the eyes must have returned to their sockets as they relaxed. Because we are told in the Gospel that the disciples were overjoyed. At least they were overjoyed. 
at that moment. But then Jesus left. And then they spoke to Thomas. Now, for whatever reason, Thomas was not there the first time Jesus appeared to the disciples behind the locked doors. Some commentators think it was typical of Thomas to be the only one brave enough or foolhardy enough to go out by himself. Maybe he volunteered to go out to get some food. Maybe he was in bed with a bad cold. For whatever reason, Thomas wasn't there. And so later they all tried to explain to him that they had seen Jesus, that he had shown them the marks in his body, that he had just continued to act like he'd always done before the nightmare of the last few weeks, saying, peace be with you. But something didn't ring true for Thomas. On the one hand, they said that they were convinced that it was really Jesus who had appeared to them. On the other hand, from where Thomas was standing, the disciples didn't totally act as if they had been convinced. They were not so transformed that they oozed renewed fervour to follow their leader, as they had done for three years until only a few days ago. In particular, they were still planning to keep meeting in their secretive way in the upper room behind the locked door. So although Thomas has somehow got the nickname of Doubting Thomas, as if he was particularly difficult to persuade that Jesus had come back, he was not just a stage behind all the other Doubting Disciples. He also had the added problem that the messengers didn't seem to be practising what they were preaching. Thomas knew that the group had not really been persuaded when they heard that Jesus appeared to Mary and to two other disciples on the road to Emmaus, and that their initial reaction had been to stay huddled together behind the locked doors. Then, even when Jesus appeared to the whole group, they were doubtful until Jesus showed them the marks on his body. And now they were back to being huddled together again behind locked doors. So when Thomas saw Jesus a week later, it's hardly surprising that Thomas went through exactly the same stages as they had experienced a week before. As Jesus had done during his revelation the previous week, Jesus did not criticise Thomas for his doubts. Jesus greeted Thomas as he previously greeted the other disciples with a simple positive greeting. Peace be with you. Although Thomas had previously used colourful language when he told his unconvinced colleagues that he would not be convinced unless he actually put his finger on the hands of Jesus where the nails were and actually put his hand to the side of Jesus. Although Thomas had said all this, it appears that when his time came to actually meet Jesus, he didn't need to follow up on his dramatic words. When Jesus spoke directly to Thomas, offering whatever physical proof Thomas wanted and challenging Thomas to believe, that offer from Jesus was sufficient for Thomas. 
if anything, the reaction of Thomas was even more positive than the reaction of the others a week before. Because the strength of his reaction is specifically recorded. We're told that when Jesus used the same words of blessing at the second event, peace be with you, Thomas said emphatically, my Lord and my God. Not it is the Lord, not it is our Lord, but it is my Lord. So I think that it's a bit unfair to label today's gospel reading as being about the blessings given by Jesus to his disciples and to doubting Thomas. If anything, it's about the blessings given to Thomas and the doubting disciples. For the disciples, their whole lives had been turned upside down. Everything had changed. And when something even looked like good news, they didn't know what to believe or who to trust. Their instinctive reaction was to turn inwards, to hunker down together in despair, to lock the door and to persist with their doubt. These doubting disciples lived a long time ago. But to me, their human reactions, as described in the Gospel, have a strong ring of credibility. Since the beginning of 2020, the lives of most of humanity have been turned upside down. It seems that everything has changed. We are not sure who to believe about the future or who to trust for the present. Our instinctive reaction is to despair, to look inwards and to sink in doubt about everything. At times like this, it's perhaps comforting to remember that the doubting disciples were very ordinary guys like us. I described the group of MCC worshippers which I first encountered in the upper room as a motley crew. We may or we may not be just as mottled now, but it doesn't matter. The doubting disciples of Jesus were a mixed bunch, with few indications that they would achieve much. In the hours before the crucifixion of Jesus, they let him down. In the hours after the resurrection, they first didn't sustain belief in those who told them they had seen Jesus alive, and then didn't even sustain belief in the risen Jesus when he had not only spoken to them, but shown them his body. But despite all of their human frailty, the message of Jesus was simple, forgiving and totally loving. He simply kept saying, peace be with you. They didn't have to be perfect to be offered peace. They didn't have to be perfect to be blessed. And from the image of the frightened, doubting group which we read about in today's Gospel reading, we are offered a very different image in our reading from the Acts of the Apostles. These same frightened, doubting disciples were transformed into confident apostles 
who met in the temple courts with glad hearts, praising God, enjoying the favour of all the people, we are told, filling everyone with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by them. And with the Lord, adding to their numbers daily. As a church community, we are imperfect people. But we don't have to be perfect to be offered peace. We don't have to be perfect to be blessed. We've already come a long way since our own upper room. We've been blessed in the past and we are promised blessings even in these uncertain times as we use technology to remind each other of the message of Jesus. Peace be with you. From Teesside to Wearside to Tyneside or wherever you are, peace be with you. United as one in the Holy Spirit, let us bring our prayers before God, who raised up Jesus and offers us new life to all who believe. We bring before God all those across the world who are working to ease the suffering, fear and loneliness brought about by COVID-19. May God bless them for their compassion and strengthen them in the task ahead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for Christ Church, built on the Easter message and taught by his example of service and sacrifice. May we be a source of healing and new life for the whole world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We ask forgiveness for the divisions within Christ's body. May the joy of the resurrection lead us to the day when all Christians may worship together and rejoice in God's saving act. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for world leaders. May they work for the good of the people they serve, recognising that we are one people, one world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our faith may be that of the women who saw the empty tomb and who believed. May we be filled with the grace and be Christ to those who are searching. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those who have died whether it be through COVID-19 or any illness. May they too hear the promise of Christ. Today you will be with me in paradise. We ask for peace of the Lord to ease the pain of loss for their loved one. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We light our candle, usually lit to remember all those with HIV or AIDS, but also now to include all of those who are ill with COVID-19. May they feel the presence of the risen Lord, giving them strength and renewing their faith. We take a moment to remember our own prayers and all those in our Book of Intentions. We join together as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, as we forgive our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Together we say the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Go with the peace of the risen Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website, northernlightsmcc.org.uk.